1: what's up fellas welcome back to comes over cold brew with me your host emma abrahamson i feel like i need to switch up the intro you know (laughs) i feel like i've been doing the same thing in the same tone from day one but we'll figure that's for another time because clearly i started off the same way but today we are talking to probably my number one most requested guest and that is victoria garrick If you have followed me from the beginning, like when I started my YouTube channel back in 2017 as like a day in the life of a D1 student-athlete, you've probably seen Victoria's videos because she was sharing the exact same content basically as a volleyball player. And she has since amassed over 1 million followers across social media, where she's very open online about body image and just being real on the internet, which we all love. So... This episode was great. Honestly, I feel like I could talk to Victoria for hours because it feels like I'm talking to someone who has lived the same life as me. So we had a lot in common and a lot to chat about in today's episode. So I hope you guys enjoy it. A little housekeeping. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram. If you want to be up to date on the latest episodes, it's just at commas over cold brew pod. And also don't forget to rate and review on Apple podcast. If you love the podcast, it helps me out so much and it's a free way to support. Now let's get straight into today's episode. Victoria I think you're probably my number one most requested guest oh and my God. I know and I think that's because we have so much in common just uh, like our backgrounds a little bit about me I, you, I like ran cross-country and track in college that's where I started my YouTube channel and everything and I think we started around the same time so people probably watched your videos as well and I talk a lot about like body image and I went through a lot of like body dysmorphia too especially like leaving college athletics so I think people just like can, I think they just like kind of relate us on that level.
2: I love that. You just two insecure, depressed athletes. No. We are bound to be best friends.
1: <laughs> no. Um, Okay. Well, to give a little context, you want to just tell the audience a little bit about who you are and what you're about.
2: Sure. I played college volleyball at USC and that was hard. <laughs> and so that is, yep. we Yep. Nods from the athletes. That is where kind of everything started. It's so interesting thinking about kind of my beginning and all of this because it reminds me now that, like, no matter what you're going through, like, something beautiful can come from that. And when I went through my anxiety and depression and I struggled with the binge eating disorder, you know, I really was like finding myself and through that journey and then healing and then wanting to talk about these things and prevent it from happening to other athletes the way it happened to me, that's when I started like creating and speaking out and which led to a YouTube channel and then a podcast and Instagram, and then led to kind of where I am now, which is, which is honestly, and we can talk about this today, but a place where I'm like transitioning to is like, I'm just a person now. And I think like, I I don't play college sports and I bet you feel the same way. And I have like, All these people that still kind of view me that way, and yep, yep, girl, we're gonna have a great talk. (laughs) And so, (laughs) I like—I was actually talking about this with my therapist. Sorry, you're like, give me a quick background, and then me, I'm already like,
1: no, this is great, this is great. People want to
2: know. So, I was kind of having this moment with my therapist where I realized, like, did I ever really transition from sport? (laughs) Like, I preach on like how to transition from sport because I thought that I did but I very much. So still have the identity of being a volleyball player from USC. Like I didn't play anymore, but for sure the year after the second year, like I'm public speaking, I'm, I'm very tied to who I was and that is seeped into what I do now. And so now I finally feel like I'm in a place where like, I'm getting married. I'm planning, a like, I'm just losing, not that I'm losing interest, but It's like, I feel like I am, um, what would be the right analogy? Like, I am, like, trying to gather something in me that doesn't, isn't there anymore and doesn't want to be there, frankly. Like, you feel
1: like you've spoken all you can about your college athletics experience and you're like, I I don't know what else I can provide out of my experience for other people. Like, even though people want more content surrounding it, it's like- I've talked about it for so many years and now you're at such like a different place.
2: It's not even if that, I don't think I could find more stories and like, that it wouldn't help people. I think that's what gets me is that I know it does help people still. And it would, I personally just don't know if I emotionally have it in me to continue talking about these things. Like when you go through anxiety, depression, eating, just whatever it is, like part of my initial healing journey was talking about it. But now I feel so removed from it that it's like, it pains me to like have to get myself back in the mindset for it. Like I was giving a keynote a few weeks ago and I was like, how effed up is it that I am having this amazing morning, my day is going great. And I'm like, oh, got this keynote in a few hours on like my suicidal thoughts. So let me sit here in silence and try to put my mind back where it was to speak on this, you know, I'm just starting to really, I'm in, I'm in a period of growth in my life. I'm feeling a little bit lost, like a lot, got a lot of friction. And that's just kind of where I'm at.
1: <laughs> no, I, it's so funny you say that. I haven't spoken on anything recently, but there were just a few articles that came out last week about, I went to the university of Oregon. I ran tracking cross country there. And there were articles that came out about like body shaming on the team, talking about weight and everything. And people, the amount of dms and comments and everything telling asking me to comment on the article because the article was written about people that i think had recently like left the team and everything and the amount of people that like want my comments and want everything but i'm at a place in my life where i'm like i don't want to go back and like i don't know just like talk about it anymore i just feel like i've said what i've needed to say and i like you said At the time, I feel like I needed to talk about it. Like, I talked a lot about my body image struggles, especially, like, the year after leaving college and even in college. But then now, I just feel like I'm at a different place in life. And it just – it pains me, honestly, to go back and just kind of, like, relive, I guess, that time period in my life. So. I completely understand.
2: I'm so glad. And I, I definitely get, like, I feel like you get it too. You know, sometimes people are like, I know what you're feeling. And I'm like, no, you don't. But I look at you and I'm like, yes, you do. Like yeah. you a college athlete. You had the same struggles as me. Like you have a social following who likes you to talk about these certain things. Like, so it's so comforting to know you relate. And I think the emotional piece of it is forgotten by, by others. Mm-hmm. Like, like the emotional element and also the business side of things, like, I think people don't. Re- I don't know if it's that they don't realize, or like just because you're you you do not know unless you're you're in it. But like every single day, people expect me to talk about things that are very tough and hard and traumatic and emotionally draining. And that's that is also that's not their fault. That is like that's it's not it's no one's fault because that's a negative connotation. I built. My career around this. I didn't do it intentionally. Like it's just how it evolved, and so now I'm living in this place where I'm like, well, if I want to keep evolving and growing into something else, and who I am now, is that annoying? Is that not what they came for? Is that like you're you're changing? You know, I think like anyone who's kind of in like the public eye, not really, because I don't think I'm like Emma Chamberlain, but she talks. No, about I yeah too, yeah yeah. When like she's like, they're like, you're different now. It's like everyone grows and changes. And like, I almost feel guilty. Like I like these people came for something. And am I a bad person if I don't give it to them anymore?
1: Yeah, no, I completely understand. It's so hard to explain though, to people, unless you're actually someone that's been making content like over the years and has had, I mean, is in their young twenties and has had so many different life changes. Yeah. It's, It's hard. It's hard to explain that to people. And I don't know. And I don't want to seem like stuck up and be like, it's like hard to I
2: don't know for <laughs> sure. But that's the thing is like we have to have perspective to know like we are very lucky to do what we do, but yeah. also to know that our feelings are valid as well. No one's just like worse or better, but that doesn't mean like we're not allowed to have these feelings. But also to something that gets me is like when you are a social media influencer or whatever, and like your brand, at least for me, is around who I am. Like I'm not. I'm not a fashion girl who's selling clothes and skirts. And like, I get to have my own life with Max and my friends and like my body image. No, my platform is on Halloween, two nights ago for well, on Saturday night, I am putting on my outfit and then all of a sudden I start to feel like really self-conscious in my costume. I think I was like looking in the mirror too long. And I needed to, I, I thought I was going to wear this thing that like, didn't look right. So I had to find a new outfit. And then it was like 20 minutes, three minutes later, I'm like spiraling on, like, I look horrible. This doesn't fit me right. And then the little part of me, that's like the content creator is like, oh, okay, grab your phone, like document this. Like, this is, this is yeah. what about, people, this is what you talk about. Like, so then I'm like watching myself and my best friend who's with me, like pause my feelings to take photo, Right caption post like pause feelings to document like literal crisis happening so it's weird it's like you dissociate like there's a part of me that's feeling these things and it's very real but like a normal person would just get to feel those things and like figure it out and like move on with their night night and no one had to know but for me I'm like I've got to stop in the middle of like me about to have a breakdown to share what I'm feeling and the breakdown that I'm having and then proceed do you feel like that's healthy no.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I
1: don't, I don't understand how people can do that, honestly, because I talk <laughs> about it and a lot of people talk about it after the fact, like after they've overcome something. But like this day and age, I feel like, especially on TikTok, like people, I mean, it really hits home like when people do it while it's happening. But yeah. I don't think I can do that.
2: I mean, I do think I have limits. Like I don't like, I've never, despite everything that I post and that I talk about, I've never pulled out. Okay. That's never's never. (laughs) I can count on my hand and it's like less than five fingers, the times I have taken a picture or a video when I was like actually crying, like I still have enough human in me to feel like this is weird if I'm grabbing my phone while I'm hysterically crying. Like, yeah. like I've only done it a few times when like I thought it, like it did feel genuine to me because I never want to like exploit my own tears. Like I, I don't, I don't have any judgment for people that that do that. I just know that like it still feels weird to me. Like at least I think I'm still at a place where when I'm having a breakdown, I don't like go live on Instagram. Yeah. I still have a bit of like, can I work through this? Because also when you post, not only are you posting, you are opening up like the can for everyone else to give their opinions. Like, oh my God, no, but you look amazing. Oh my God, no, but like, you shouldn't think that. Almost. Like all, like and all these people come in with their thoughts and their opinions. And that sometimes overwhelms me. Like even when I was decorating my apartment, I like, was like, what do you guys think about this? And at first it was cute. And then they start to feel so comfortable with you. They're like, Victoria, they're like, that blanket is ugly. Like get rid of that blanket. They forget that I'm a human. And they're like, literally messaging me that they hate my blanket. Like, and I'm like, okay, whoa, whoa. I'm like, remember like you, you I'm not just like, this- yeah, that was like
1: a fun little prompt. Like we're not, supposed yeah. to, you're not actually supposed to like criticize yeah. it. Like I'm that. not like
2: just the thing on the phone. Like I'm like, would you text your friends Instagram and say this blanket is hideous? Like, but they feel so candid with me, which I love. So there's so many pros and cons and like, I am working through all of this now and like, you know, there, there was a time where I had like this breakdown because my OB, my ex OBGYN told me like to change my diet because of like my cholesterol, whatever it was like super triggering. And in the moment I like filmed what I I just put my camera on and I like had my moment as a real human. And then like a few weeks later, I revisited it, like, okay, do I want to share this? Like, what would I say on it now? Like, I definitely have moments where I'm like, I need to work through this for a week or two, and then I'll feel comfortable, and then I'm strong enough for everyone to send me their opinions, and I'm not fragile in the moment. So I've had to learn how to adapt to kind of my platform um, and the way that it works. I will say I am also just coming in hot with a lot of like these things I've been grappling with that are that are hard. There are like more amazing things about what I do that like the fact that I do have a community who I can be honest with and like they accept me and they, they want to like share love and share their thoughts is amazing. The fact that I get to be myself every <laughs> single day and like that is my career um, it is cool. So I also want to highlight like the amazing things. This is just what I'm dealing with now. I think it's mainly an identity crisis. You know, I'm graduating who I am as a person, which means my content is going to graduate. And I'm, I'm afraid. I don't know what's on the other side of that.
1: Yeah, I'm so curious because obviously like, I've talked a lot about Body image, and you do as well. Do you ever feel like talking? Um, like I don't know, if you know how to phrase this. Like sometimes I get afraid to talk about it because I feel like it puts more emphasis on myself, like focusing on my body more than I should. Rather than like body neutrality, I don't, I don't even know what the right way to phrase this question is. But like, do you feel like because you post about like things to help with you, like your body image and stuff, it almost makes you think about it more than? If you didn't. I, I
2: totally get what you're saying. And like, like I said earlier too, you're you're opening up a conversation about your body with other yeah. people. Like they then feel more comfortable talking about it to you. Um, I personally think like, I don't, this is something else that has been unique to me. I don't post like pictures being like feeling hot, like fire, like go off. Like that, that <laughs> I don't post those things. Not because I don't want to. Like I think I actually want to step more into like feeling sexy, and that is something I struggle with because of all the body image stuff I talk about. Is I almost try not to focus on it at all. Like I do take more of a neutrality standpoint that I never like take a full body pick and I'm like, I'm low key feeling myself tonight, like because I I don't want to hype up appearance. But then I'm like, but then I never get to feel like I look good in an outfit, you know. So yes, I mean I definitely get what you're saying. And for sure, like there's this picture of me from a swim shoot that I did. My friend is a literal sports illustrated swimsuit model. And she had me be in like a shoot she did for something, which totally outside my comfort zone. Like I feeling sexy and like having my boobs out and like ass, like I, that's really feels weird for me for a million reasons that are a whole other podcast, we could dive into it, whatever. <laughs> so anyways, I did this shoot with her. Cause I was like, I like being uncomfortable. I like putting myself in a position where I'm uncomfortable. I think all athletes do, right. That's what we do as athletes. And I think if you're not going to die, do it. So I do this swim shoot <laughs> and there's this picture of me and like, it's kind of hot. Like it's kind of an iconic picture. And I think I look really, really good. However, I worry about posting it because I'm like, do I, I don't want to be another girl who's just posting a picture where like, they think they look really hot. Like, that's the point of my page is like, you can come here and not get that. So yes, like, I, I don't know about this picture. Like I want to post it, but, but then I also don't. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's just hard to find that balance. You're like,
1: and it's hard to, I guess, predict what is going to happen when you post the picture, but right. I don't see that there, there, there's going to be that much negative coming of that. If you feel like you look good and you post a picture.
2: Right. I think that they will like my, all everyone who supports me, like, I'm so lucky to have them and I think they will hype me up, but it definitely does feel weird to like, like my appearance. Like, I think I had to go so neutral, neutral, neutral that now that I am getting to a place of love, which honestly is the point. And that's what I, when I talk to people, that's what I say is like, can we just start at a place of acceptance? Can we just start with like, this is my body. I don't have to love it, but I'm going to stop hating it. And like, I'm just going to be with it today. And eventually you do that time and time again, and you get more comfortable and comfortable. And then you're like, Oh, I kind of love it. I kind of love that it does this for me. And I kind of love the way that I've worked through this with my body. And, and then you get to that place of positivity. And so I think I'm like getting there, but it is weird for me because what I post is so tied to to what I think.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I mean, I think you're just like a, this is like live, like you're doing this live. You're still going through this journey. It's not like you can, I don't know. I think, but that's what's special about your channel is that, or your TikToks and everything is that people just kind of have seen you go through the entire journey on the internet. And I think that's what. People find inspiring. So right. I'll be waiting for that bikini pick to see.
2: Oh, thank you. To see you. when you must have the when, post it. Maybe when this goes live, I should post it and be like, see Emma's podcast. <laughs>
1: yeah. See, there you go. I'm curious, like, kind of diving back into, I guess, like college athletics, because we haven't probably, you and I both haven't talked about college athletics enough. But when would you say, like, you started dealing with mental health? like struggles? Was it before college? Was it during college? And what do you
2: think caused
1: it the most?
2: I was like primed to experience anxiety. I think just the way my personality is and like coming from a childhood experience where I was always achieving and succeeding. And that was very celebrated, especially like where I grew up. So getting to USC, like I wanted to be the best. I wanted to get everything perfect and, also the environment I was in, like the team culture was very strict, it was like a very tight ship. We also were the number one seed in the tournament that year. So like rightfully so, like it made us very good, but it caused me a lot of anxiety. You know, I didn't want to make mistakes. didn't want to mess up. I don't want to let the team down. And so that's kind of where it started was like, you take a perfectionist and then you put her in an environment where you can't make mistakes or there's, punishment. And then that like, I think caused the spiral of anxiety, which then led to the depression. Um, so I think the high pressure environment of college athletics is what really took the toll.
1: Did you ever talk to your coach about it or anything, or were you open with your teammates about it? Or was it kind of like a, like was mental health kind of hush, hush.
2: It, it wasn't like it was hush, hush. Like, no one made me feel like I couldn't talk about this if I needed to. However, that freshman year really set the foundation for how I viewed myself in this environment. And like I said, we were the number one team and we had the national player of the year. And like, the vibes were very much like we are winning the national championship. And like, that's, that's, that's that. And so it didn't feel like there was room or time to even talk about how I was really feeling because we were on a mission. So it wasn't like I felt that, I mean, I mean, as I say that, I'm like, well, I guess I did thought if they knew I was anxious, my coach maybe wouldn't want to play me or my teammates wouldn't trust me on the court. Like, of course there were preconceived notions about mental health and anxiety and therapy that I had from just like the stigma of growing up from growing up in it. Um, overall though, I think the vibe was just like, we are here to win. I'm a freshman. I'm a walk-on. I'm like while I was playing, I was like sixth most important person on the court. And there were six people on the court. So I just didn't feel like I didn't, I didn't want to rock the boat.
1: Yeah, that definitely, I mean, that's just, it's almost like to a T exactly what my experience was like at Oregon. It's like the same thing. Like I wasn't number one, I was number seven on the team, like basically kind of like the last two years I was in college and we were always ranked in the top five or like looking to win our podium at NCAAs and it was the same thing it was like it was so strict and you're on that mission to win NCAAs that you just don't feel like there is almost room there's no time there's no room to even right. like kind of consider the mental health aspect of it but have you read um do you know Alexi Pappas
2: yes love her she's yeah
1: did you read her book Bravey
2: I have, I have it. And I looked through it. I had her on real pod. I haven't read every single word, but I am like working through it. I'm a bad reader. It's nothing to do with the books. I, I wish I like, I don't want to lie and say I read books. I want to get someone who reads books. Um, she's amazing though.
1: Yeah. I mean, she ran at Oregon. So Maybe her story like really hit me home just for that reason. But I think like she kind of approaches mental health differently. And the fact that like, it should be like an injury, like you had her on the podcast. So you guys probably talked about this, but it should be just as important as physical health. Like the one like you see a trainer and you should also see like a mental health professional. But I think now, like maybe because people are more open about it in college, maybe more people are inclined to do it. Did you ever like go see a sports psych or anything at college? Like, was that an option for you?
2: Um, so it was interesting because like I said, my freshman year, it was very like we were on a mission and you just didn't really think about much. And I don't remember someone telling me we could seek help if we needed help and and whatnot. Um, I don't think that it happened. You know, I think it was more like in the very beginning. I mean, I don't remember this happening. I don't want to say it didn't happen because USC is phenomenal and I'm going to get to like everything that they have that they offered me. That's amazing. But like when you're a freshman, you come in and you've got a compliance meeting, you've got an academics meeting, you've got a tutor meeting. You've got a like, I'm, I'm, I want to say maybe they filed in a psychologist at some point during all those meetings that first week of school, my head's up in the clouds. I have no idea what's going on. No one grabs you by the shoulders and says, Hey, it's going to get really fucking hard. And when it does go to this person and it's okay. If you go there, people don't say that. So I don't really remember that happening. And as a result, I didn't know. And so my sophomore year, I or sorry, the very, very, very end of my freshman year, I was just a wreck. And I like did open up to a teammate who I really trusted, who then told me, Oh, I see a psychologist at the health center. And I was like, You see a psychologist, but you're so cool and you're a junior and you're captain. And what? And we can see psychologists and it's free. And where do I go? And so I went to one appointment. I remember feeling like just such a crazy person. I could not believe I was sitting in that waiting room. I in this appointment think I just like spent the whole time crying because I was like upset that I even had to go to see a therapist. like the whole situation was just shocking to me like I felt like I had completely unraveled um, and was spiraling and then I did not like the experience just I didn't think I had a great therapy, it was this one session, it was the very end of the year whatever summer break happens. I come back. I'm still not great. So I revisit going and I get someone else who was amazing and really helped me understand, get better, um, work through everything I'd been going through. And like, once I sought the help and you and I are so privileged to have been at schools like Oregon and USC where like, they do roll out the red carpet and they gave me everything that I could have ever needed once I asked for it. So, um, that helped me a thousand percent get better and then um you know now a lot of the work that I do is to try to make that sort of help accessible for student athletes at all schools
1: yeah that's I mean that's awesome and that's I like we had a sports psychologist but again it was like the same thing I really relate to that freshman year thing and I think a lot of college athletes probably can it's like that first that first week of freshman year you're not paying attention to I mean, you're trying to pay attention, but you, you can't grasp everything that's being thrown at you when you have eight hours of tutoring every week and you're just, it's wild. Yeah. So I definitely understand that. Like, would you say your overall experience at USC was good? Like, do you, would you go back and change anything about it?
2: I for sure would say overall it was good. And I always laugh. Like, I think it was like a year ago, people were like, wait, you like USC? And I was like, yes. Like, I love USC. I would go back and do the exact same thing that I of course, if I went back in time, of course, you want to say you would do or some things differently, but what I did led me to where I am now. And I don't want to change that. If I never went through anxiety, depression, I have no idea. I may be working a very sad desk job somewhere else. So I'm very grateful for my experiences. And I do overall love my time there because of what it brought me. And I frequently will tell people everything about it was fine. I just was not prepared to have that experience. If I could go back now, I would love the tight ship that we ran. And I would be able to have a growth mindset and think about what's possible and think about how I can grow. Like I didn't have that dialogue. I didn't put that work in. I didn't read the books, have the therapy, read the books. I did read self-help books when I was depressed, um, have the therapy sessions, the talks, my mentors, like I just think at 18 years old, you just are not prepared. You could be as prepared as possible, but you don't know until you know until you experience it. And so, you know, that's kind of how I chalk it up.
1: It's literally 2:80, the exact same experience. And I think that's I like. I mean, we play different sports, but it's literally. I mean, we're both in the Pac-12 and everything, just like high power five school. And I feel like that just happens like across all sports. It's just like, you, no one can prepare you for it. No one can prepare you for what you're going to experience. But I'm the same way. Like, I definitely don't regret it. Like, I definitely struggled a lot, but I have no regrets because, again, it like led me to where I am today. But I don't know. It's just hard because it's like, I really enjoy my experience. It's hard to like kind of talk to like younger people being like. Um, Oregon is my dream oh my school. And I'm like, dude, um, I was on
2: a, I was on a podcast last week and someone said, what is your biggest piece of advice for athletes who want to achieve the same things as you? And I'm like, I like had to sit there for a second. Like, how do I want to answer this? Cause it's not what you think it is when you're in high school. And like, I remember feeling like, I don't care. Like I will come in whenever you want. I will practice. Like I was like, I will, I was just done anything to play at this level. And it's then you get so there and so more you're beyond like, that
1: though. It's it so, so much, much more beyond,
2: beyond that. And you say, you think, it's like someone who said, oh, I'd love to go on Survivor. That would be fun. Okay, then you get out there and like, you don't have food and like, you're losing your mind. And like, you're like, wait, you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know if it's that dramatic. We have food at least.
2: Um, <laughs> I know, but I guess I just mean like, I watch a lot of Survivor with yeah. Max. It's a great show. And like, I think when you sit on your couch, you're like, I'd love to be in Survivor. And then you think a little bit more and you're like, wait, it actually takes a lot of freaking hard work to do that
1: yeah oh my gosh I, yeah i totally relate quick little intermission to talk about today's sponsor which is of course green chef green chef is the first usda certified organic meal kit company that makes eating well easy and affordable with plans to fit every lifestyle so whether you're keto paleo vegan vegetarian or you're just looking to eat healthier, there's a range of recipes to suit any kind of diet or preference. Last week I got the vegan box and it was absolutely delectable. I made the best roasted squash, bell peppers, and beets. Ooh, it was so good. It had like butternut squash, bell peppers, red onion, just curled couscous oh it was so good i like i love every single meal from green chef that i've ever eaten in my life and i highly recommend it all of the ingredients are handpicked and delivered right to your door contact free so you get to let green chef do the meal planning grocery shopping and most of the prep for you week after week and recipes include pre-made and measured sauces dressings and spices so you can get more chef curated flavor in less time that is the number one thing i love the most about green chef is that the recipes are so flavorful like i could never do it on my own. Green Chef is also the most sustainable meal kit because it offsets 100% of its direct carbon emissions in plastic packaging from every single box. They have a wide variety of high-quality, clean ingredients, and you can feel great about what you're eating and how it got to your table. So, if you guys are interested, head to greenchef.com/coldbrew125 and use code coldbrew125 to get $125 off, including free shipping. That is greenchef.com. Slash Cold Brew 125 and use code Cold Brew 125 to get 125 dollars off, including free shipping. Now let's get back into the episode. um Okay, well I want to talk also about now, like we're you graduated in 2018, right? 2019. 2019. Okay, I graduated in 2018, so we're a few years out of college. How have you handled the like post grad identity crisis of no longer being in your sport? Do you feel like when you played your final game? What take us through that, I guess. And then the next month following.
2: I was definitely so ready for it to be over. I was at a point where like, I, if someone said, would you want to do another year? I would have been like, no, <laughs> like please. And thank you for was enough. Um, So I definitely felt like, yes, I was sad that it was, and en- the chapter was ending, but I did not want to like redo it, if that makes sense. So I was able to kind of come to terms with like, I four years was the most I could have done, um, at least mentally and emotionally. And the transition was fine because I was super eager to do like what I wanted to do, you know, with like juggling a YouTube channel as an athlete in school, like you just don't have the time. And I was excited to be able to just like really dive into content and building my brand. And that all made me so hyped for what was next And the transition, like, I think the tougher parts were, you know, when you walk on campus and you're like, wait, two months ago, I had to be in that gym at one o'clock and now they're in that gym and it's 105 and like, I'm not there and no one cares and no one's texting and calling me. And like a month ago, if I wasn't there, I would, you know, my phone would be blowing up and it'd be crazy. And now it's like, I'm not there and no one cares. And there's a new freshman and you move on. And I think that that's hard to sit with. And I did a podcast um, on my show about this. Just, it was like tips for retiring athletes where I kind of talk about how that felt. Um, and then I think the biggest thing that I've remembered and that I like to include in the narrative with this transition is like, the thing that you do is different, but you are not. So the person who was competitive, coachable, driven, who got shit done, who worked well with others, who put the reps in, who knows how to grind, that person is you. They're maybe not putting in those hours towards volleyball or towards soccer or towards track or towards basketball, but you have all those same everything I just listed is a, a trait. And those traits can be applied to different things in life. And now you're just finding your next thing. And so that is something that helps me stay sane um, and feel like I had more of an identity when I was losing it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I guess when uh, like you knew volleyball was coming to an end, like if you based your, I guess, whole channel on being a college athlete, I guess, where did you, what did you know you wanted to do with the platform?
2: Yeah. So my, and my platform has already evolved a ton from, Mm -hmm. from that. And you're exactly right. So I graduated very much USC volleyball player who gave a Ted talk. Like that was pretty much everyone knew me. And I was very tied to that. Um, and with the channel, I definitely was freaking out because I was like, oh my gosh, like all my videos are volleyball videos. And for the first few months after school, like I kept milking it, you know, I was like, this is, uh, how, like I, now that I had the time I did like outside hitter lesson with my teammate or I did like, I went to the gym, like I still filmed lots of volleyball content And then I did like how to play volleyball at home. And then, and then it was like, you know, eventually I'm like, okay, Victoria, I'm like, you're not on the team anymore. Like, you can't just keep doing these volleyball videos and putting on your practice shirt. Like, you know, (laughs) so, um, (laughs) you know what I'm talking about? So I, um, slowly like realized I need to pivot and I need to have something else to me. Um, and I didn't really figure that out until, so I graduated in 2019, that spring I was public speaking and traveling and I was fresh off the team. So I was very tied to it and I still could be. Then that summer I was like doing the videos still. And then my, that fall of 2019, I, um, was on a full speaking tour. So I was like very much tied to being a student athlete because that's what my speaking revolved around was telling that story. And then the pandemic hit and I didn't have speaking. And I really realized, wow, like I need to have other pillars to what I do. And so I got on TikTok and it's crazy how recent all of this is for me. I started to get on TikTok because I saw the opportunity to like create there and go viral in a different way. Because of course, any video I posted on YouTube that wasn't volleyball just absolutely bombed. So um I was having to like evolve. And the good thing is that with my Instagram, since I was doing real posts, like I did have more to my Instagram than volleyball. However, lots of my followers were volleyball fans. So I get on TikTok and I remember being to myself, okay, we're not doing this. I was like, we're not throwing on a red shirt. We're not grabbing a yellow and red ball. Like we're not, I know that that would go viral. We're not going to do it. And I forced myself to create different content and it was surrounding body image. It was surrounding mental health. It was surrounding my boyfriend, Taylor Swift. And I ended up building a following on TikTok that for the most part had no idea I was a college athlete which was so refreshing to me. Then they come to my Instagram and they're like, wait, you played sports and call like what they, they did. You gave a Ted talk. They had no idea. So now I feel like I have, um, you know, tipped the scale to where I think the majority of my followers now view me more as a body image advocate. However, now I'm trying to tip the scales back to now just being a person because I don't love having to identify with like a certain mission in everything that I do, but going back to what we said in the beginning. So that's where we are. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, I, that's just like the struggle of being a content creator is like you want to be known as a person, not as like topic. I feel like yes, just because if you're only, if you're boxed into one topic, I don't know, it just gets, you get burnt out. I feel like after a while, but if you're a person, then people can follow you along the entire journey in general. But I think I mean, the fact that you've been able to pivot successfully, I feel like people, your followers are going to come along with you because you've already and, done it successfully.
2: Yeah. And every time I talk about this, I get the sweetest messages that are like, Vic, we love you no matter what you post. And like, that means the world to me. I think I just have to believe it. Like I just yeah. have to step out and really do what I want to do. And I have been doing that. Like even with the wedding content, like that's been really fun for me and people have really liked it. But my fear is like, oh my God, you're so annoying. Like you got engaged. Now your whole personality is the wedding, you know? And it's like that, I fear getting that comment, but I'm like, whatever, it's going to (laughs) come.
1: Yeah, but then the people that do that, they'll stop watching and then you'll just get new fans from the wedding content. So-
2: Exactly, a thousand percent. And I'm so glad you reminded me of that because it's true. It's true. You, you want to create a community that's there for whatever you're going to post. And if you're losing people, great. They're just helping you weed out the community that you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and something that Justin Anderson, who is one of my buddies, and he's the coolest said to me is um, I don't want anyone following me. Who's one click away from unfollowing me. Yeah. So the person that's like, well, if I don't like your content today, I'm unfollowing you then fine. I don't want you to follow me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't. Yeah. I don't need that in my life for the one right. follower.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: Um, well, I'm curious also, this is kind of a pivot from the conversation on social media. It's more just about like general and something that I've struggled with after college is finding the joy and like movement. That's not a sport, especially because I mean, sports have just been our entire life and it's like such structure in your life. And then when you, or graduating college and you no longer have that practice structure. And I'm assuming something like volleyball is a little bit harder to go do on your own outside of like compared to running where it's like, you can go for a run by yourself any day of the week. So true. Um, so how have you been able to like find joy and just like movement beyond competition?
2: I love this question. It has been a journey. I first, it's like the stages of grief. Like at first I started with like I am not breaking a sweat. Like no one make me move. Like I am a couch potato. Like I have been waking up and working out and doing all this shit for so many years. I just, I never want to work out again. So I, I gave myself that time. I think I took like eight months. I, I forget the exact number, but like I took months off of physical activity. I think I went on walks with my mom and the dog because like the pandemic hit and stuff, but I did not work out. I needed a break emotionally and physically. I'm so glad I gave that to myself. There was no guilt. There was nothing. I'm just, I need a break. And then eventually I start craving it. Oh, I would love to get my heart rate up. I would love to feel competitive. I would love to break a sweat. Like I love that feeling, you know? So then you start to crave it for the good reasons, right? Of like, I love the way this makes me feel not because of your body or something like that. So I start to get that craving. And then you struggle with the motivation. Like, well, what does my workout look like? Because you know, I've never had to really form format my own lift. And it's so funny, you do all these lifts in college that you like, you know, everything. And then you go to the gym and I can't even come up with a circuit for myself.
1: Like I, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know I, how to lift. I'm weights.
2: like, I'm like a Chinese row and like a, a goblet squat. I'm like, what else did I do? It's like your mind goes blank. You can't even remember anything that you did. I'm like, so, I did a clean one time, I think. <laughs> I, I know, literally. So I slowly had to like find what brought me joy. I tried dance classes, I tried yoga, I tried. Gym membership. I mean, I tried different things and I haven't been able to really figure it out until recently. Um, I started going to these classes in LA. They're called F45. Have you heard of them?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh my god, I love them. Like they to me resemble exactly the kind of workout I love to do, which is a cardio lift. It's like you've got st- power, many different stations, different types of lifting movements cardio because you're moving around and it's fast paced. Like they blast big booty remixes. Uh, You go in the morning, I go with max, which is great because it helps hold me accountable because I get to go with someone. So I love it. And like, literally after the first class we did together, I said to him, I was like, if I'm not doing that, like I'm not doing anything. Like, I think you also have to realize like working out is not always going to be fun. Like, of course it's not going to be fun. So what is most tolerable for you that you do not mind doing, and you know you're gonna feel good when you're done, and like carve it into your schedule and just make it happen. And I think I kept waiting and waiting for like these amazing workouts that were gonna be like the best thing ever, or like and, that one that you try and you're like, this is it, you know, right? right. And honestly, I had that with F forty five. Like I did feel like this is gonna be it, but it's hard. It's hard to go in there and lift heavy weights and to work out and to do it at six thirty in the morning before work, like. But I really love the way it makes me feel. And I think it's the perfect workout for me. And also um, I have a tonal, which is great. Like I can just get in an easy lift with that Um, easy lift. Not that it's easy, but like, it's very convenient and that works for me. So having that machine is very helpful.
1: Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I feel like we are the exact same person because everything you say, I'm like, yep, I've been through that. Like it literally took seven or eight months completely off and I was like I'm not moving and I felt zero ounces of guilt about it a lot of people ask me questions like how do you deal with that like how do you force yourself to take time off I'm like it wasn't forced it was wanted it was desired
2: exactly
1: yeah so I definitely understand that point of view do you feel like your teammates have kind of had that same I guess attitude towards it or do you have teammates that are I don't know kind of you feel like had a seamless transition that weren't like burned out necessarily
2: um (sighs) It was unique for me because I came in my freshman year in a group of five and I was the only one who finished four years. So I just didn't have that like happy go lucky like experience where like you all come up together and now you're all seniors. Like by the time I was a senior, it was a mix of transfers, like just I didn't have that bond. Um and that was a bummer. Like that was something that I had to mourn. And like, that sucked, you know, you get recruited and you think you're going to have the same coach and the same girls around you. And like, I didn't. Um, so when I left the team, like, to be honest, I only had two to three, like really close relationships. Um, and you know, with those girls, like one of them was younger, she's finishing her senior year. Now another one, we don't really go deep on it, but like similar to me, like she definitely took took time off. Now she's like modeling, like she's doing her own thing. Like, I think she was happy to like, kind of be done with the grind. Um, you know, so, so it's been different for everyone for sure. But I mean, that's another thing there is like, I don't feel like I left USC volleyball with tons and tons of teammates who are my lifelong best friends. Like we knew how to function and be teammates and, and get things done on the court, but like it sadly, you know, it's with only, like I said, Two to three of them, do I feel like I have a lifelong friendship?
1: Yeah. I'm (laughs) literally the same. Exactly. Are you the same? Good. Because I want to feel
2: normal in that when people hear that, I'm like, you probably think that uh, people don't like me, which I don't know, maybe people don't like me, but (laughs) you know, it is it is self-conscious. Like I am self-conscious to be like, how did I go through four years of the school and like I didn't leave with like all these best friends? But I don't know, like when you're on a team, like everyone's cut from different cloth, like you have different things you gravitate to, different morals, different interests, different likes, and like we all were great teammates at the time but yeah i mean like i said there's three girls i still am like in in touch with the other girls i would love to see at an alumni night i would love to go get drinks with but we're just not that close.
1: I know I get envious of people that have like huge teams and they all still talk all the time. Like, right. but I'm the same way. I have like a couple friends here and there, but I don't, I'm not in bad blood with any of them. It's not like I have beef with any of my teammates. It's more just like,
2: exactly, exactly. Yeah. Cause everyone
1: is just so different. And also I think going to a really competitive school, it's like you get a lot of people that are very, I don't know, self-motivated. So it's just not, maybe it's just not like the most cohesive bond I guess I don't know if everyone's very individually driven
2: yeah it's just a bunch of people from all over the country who are really good at their sport and this coach brings them together and like you're gonna get along but like you know it's not like a it's not like hinge for friends like you just find a way (laughs) to be sisters and like get it done but um yeah I'm the same like I don't feel like I have any bad blood with anyone but you just you just kind of lose touch and um I think that's another thing that like needs to totally be normalized is like that it's not this amazing experience with teammates for everyone, but you can't have it all. Like I'm like, okay, would I rather have played and like had these really special experiences and these like elite eight games and like left with a fewer amount of lifelong relationships or had all these amazing friends, but like had a bad performance experience. So yeah,
1: that's it. Yeah. There's just pros and cons So wherever you go. I feel like no school that you pick is going to be like absolutely perfect. There's always going to be trade-offs. I mean, maybe people will, Listening to this, like I have the perfect experience. Then I'm like, I'm jealous. Yeah, but,
2: good for them.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, but I feel like that's just like I don't know. There's a lot of what ifs all the time, but I definitely I'm the same with you. It's like I don't regret my experience, and I definitely like appreciate the experience I did have. um Well, I don't want to. I feel like I could just talk for hours to be honest, because we shared literally this the same is so experience. great. I'm like, can I steal this audio and like release it on my show too? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. I have two like last questions. So what would you say is like now moving forward? What, what do you want the ultimate goal of your platform to be?
2: I want the ultimate goal of my platform to inspire people to be their authentic selves. Like I just hope people consume my content, whatever content speaks to them and are just like, I feel confident being myself, whether that means I'm sad today, I'm happy, I'm let down. I am don't feel good with who I am. I feel excited. Like, however you feel, I just want them to feel like that's okay. And that they can be that and that by being themselves, like that's enough. Yeah.
1: I love that. And do you have any advice to your younger self?
2: That's always the last question I ask. Advice to my younger self. Um, What age are we talking?
1: Give me an age. I think that will help. Give me a, I mean, you could say like college, like what would you say when you're, I don't know the most, when you like were struggling the hardest,
2: I think I would just maybe say something like, you know, like just wait, like it's all going to be worth it. It's all going to lead to something. Um, cause I don't think I would have been able to like really believe that at the time. I think it's true for anyone, no matter what you're going through. Like it is making you a stronger person, which is going to give you a benefit to reap somewhere down the line.
1: Yeah. I love that. It's just being patient, but it is really hard to see like in the moment what's going to come of it, but you will get through it. And it always, things work out and things happen for a reason. So Definitely. I love that. Well, <laughs> if, if you want to follow Victoria, which I feel like everyone does, because if you follow me, you probably want to follow too. Where can they check out your stuff?
2: They can find me on Instagram at Victoria Garrick. And then I have a podcast also called Real Pod. And through my Instagram link and bio is like everything else these days, you know how that is. So, um, yeah, that should be good. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm like, this was the therapy session I needed today. I just yeah. needed to take all of this off my chest. I feel like if we looked at a word count, it would be like Victoria, like 98%, Emma, 2%. So I'm really sorry if I just like yapped for this whole hour. Oh, that's,
1: that- that's the point of this podcast. I'm having you on. And also my voice is gone. So this is good because I can't talk. <laughs> cool. Um, Okay. To close out the episode, can we get a good old peace out, fellas? Yep. Peace out, fellas. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Commas Over Cold Brew. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at commas over cold brew pod if you want to be up to date on the latest episodes. I definitely want to branch out of the running world more, just like today's episode, because obviously me and Victoria had a lot in common and a lot to chat about, and I hope you guys found today's episode interesting. So I always love getting guest recommendations on the Instagram as well because That helps me figure out who you guys want to hear from. Make sure to rate and review on Apple Podcast if you enjoyed today's episode, and I will hear from you guys in the next one. Peace out, fellas.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you.